Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach Tip of the Day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Thanks so much for joining us. Welcome back. Uh, my next guest has been with us before. It was a very interesting conversation we had, and that's a reminder for me to tell you that you can go to our audio library at ExitCoachRadio.com and listen to hundreds and hundreds of interviews that have been compiled into 40 different topic file folders. And look for Christine Miles. She's my next guest. And look for her pr- prior interview. Very interesting. And we're going to talk about uh, how CI Squared, her firm, is a leadership development and sales training company and how they help uh, business owners to increase profits, reduce costs, increase employee satisfaction, customer satisfaction, and all of that leading to increased shareholder value. Christine, welcome back. Thanks for joining us again. Well, thank you for having me, Bill. It was a lot of fun last time. We talked about your book, The Art of the Nudge. We talked about uh, how people can unlock their hidden potential. I'm carrying around your book and reading it when I can, and I'm really enjoying oh. it. So uh, I think it's a great read, and I like I love the title of it because everybody needs a nudge every now and then. So wh- what well, what should we talk about today, Christine? What's What's on your mind? Well, you know, the book we last talked, I mean, we had been working on that for a while, and uh, we just released it, so I, I'm excited about it as we are. And, you know, I think that we, I'd like to start with, you know, the world's changed. I know I'm, I'm in the category or getting close to the category of many of your listeners in terms of age and whether we like it or not. I think, you know, the world's changed. It's, we see macro tra- trends happening. The amount of technology obviously is a little bit staggering and the pace at which it's changing. And uh, the baby boomers are no longer the largest cohort in the uh, the world. Now it's the millennials, and they like things a little differently. So those trends are leading to some pretty big effects, and my business partner and I have taken a look at over the last three years through our own kind of tipping point in our relationship what, what the potential negative effects of things moving faster and people having shorter attention spans and shifting priorities and, and what we need to do about that to make sure we're all still successful. Yeah, we talked about some of those some of those mega trends um, last time. But uh, just to refresh our listeners' memory, um, let's talk about what some of those current trends are that you perceive in the world today that are impacting business. Yeah, well, as I was saying, you know, I think that we are all living with the change and pace of technology, but I don't know that we ever stop to really pause to think about just how much and how fast it's coming at us. And you know, in the sales world. You know, it's 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 different now. It's it's hard to get a meeting. Sometimes, you know, you're you're talking to someone and you know, things are moving along and then they go dark because of these shifting priorities and the shorter attention spans and, and everybody just moving faster. And and again, um while the millennials haven't yet quite become the largest cohort in the workplace, it's getting close. And the way that they need and want information and to connect is also changing the way we do business. So we believe those things have some positive effects, but also some negative effects. I mean, I, I don't. I feel like in some ways we're more disconnected than ever, even though we have more connectivity available to us than that surrounds us. I mean, I, I tried to take a call the other day. I had my cell phone, my landline, and my computer up, and we still missed each other 
what's going on here? Right, <laughs> right, right, right. right. And, the, and the other part of it is you just wonder, you know, how much is too much? Um, I think we're we're pressing those limits. I know, you know, I'm sure like many people, I, I wake up in the morning and look at my email list and say, I just got to clear the junk out so I can get to what's real and authentic. And then you wonder from those how many of these are auto are automatic messages and how many are authentic real messages from somebody uh, who really needs me. Now, I've heard something the other day, and I want you to comment on this, about, you know, the problem with email is it, it puts us at the mercy of other people's priorities. Um, mm-hmm. Somebody has an urgent email, and they expect an instant reply, and we may not, you know, be in the right mode to respond to that right now, and, and that may create a conflict back with the person who wanted the information. You know, ab- absolutely, and and I think that, in the absence of, I mean, contact with people that's more, you know, face-to-face or in, via phone where you really get a sense of somebody, you don't necessarily think about how they're communicating or what's going on in their world. We're only thinking about what's going on in ours. And so, you know, that's part of how we, you know, work with leaders and salespeople to learn how to approach. I mean, we we call it the art of the nudge or what we refer to in, in short is called tatten. And uh, part of that is really meeting the other person where they are and looking to how you gather what's going on with them, their story, their style, their preferred modes of communication, instead of just thinking about it in terms of how we want to communicate or what's a priority for us. And, of course, person to person, uh, with, with baby boomers and millennials all out there in the same melting pot, you could have some very different structures. You might have someone that doesn't even look at email uh, or yeah. respond to, and then others that just want a text message because the email channel is so clogged up. So you've right. developed an innovative uh, a framework, a communication framework as a result of all these trends. What are the core principles behind the art of the nudge? Well, the the first one may sound a little counterintuitive, um, which is uh, we believe you need to slow down sometimes to actually speed things up. I'll liken it simply to, you know, I was an athlete. You know, if you want to get in shape, you got to, you got to really do the the front end work, the the foundational work before you can play the game well. And I think that sometimes we're so used to things being instantaneous that we we don't think about what what do we need to put into it before we can really run at speed. So so slowing down is is part of it, and then our framework helps figure out how to do that. And I'll talk about that in just a second. But the reason we call it the art of the nudge is because we believe nobody likes to be told what to do. And uh, telling somebody to make a change or do something to reach on untapped potential doesn't necessarily work. I know I've tried it both personally and in my career, and I've been least successful when I do the telling. But if you get buy-in and you get people to opt in and realize that if we just nudge or what we say gently push um, somebody to, to take an action, it, it can lead to remarkable things rather than these large-scale changes. Gentle pushes and gentle nudges. And um, now when you say slow down, yeah, that does sound counterintuitive when, when everything seems to be speeding up around us. You know, I had I had an interesting thing the other day. I had a guy, I sent him an email, and he's changed his profession. He used to be a financial guy, and now he's a, a teacher. And he said, I'm taking an email holiday for the rest of July. And I, yeah. I thought to myself, how in the world can you do that? But but he auto-responded that I'm not going to look, you know, and he's in that kind of a position where I guess he can do that sure. because it's not. sure. Demand, you know, but can you imagine somebody taking, it, sending somebody that you're working with a, an email and getting back that kind of a response from them? 
Yeah, well, you know, I think it's kind of brilliant, and and I think it's all about do we feel like we have the the power to do that? And certainly, not everybody's going to be able to take that kind of a hiatus. But you know, we we one of our clients is um, Germantown Academy, and we work with the the teachers. They know their salespeople, and and you know they're they're influencing you know the community. They're they're influencing the students, the parents, and part of the. Uh, the leader that we work with, her mindset is you gotta you gotta meet people where they are, and we we just forget that we can kind of define what that is, and and she wants them just to challenge the status quo. I mean, why are we doing something? Are we doing it because we've always done it, or are we doing it because it still makes sense? So I think sometimes we continue the madness without even questioning. So. So that's really step one of a five-step part of our process and framework, which is called, you know, know what you want and why. That's that, that's the end. We took a little liberty there. Um, but uh, if you don't know why you're doing something, it's, A, really hard to make a change. And that's, that's the first part of slowing down. Why are we doing this? Why am I responding to things in an instant? Does my... Does my the, the recipient expect that, or is that just the expectation I put on myself? Okay, so that's... That's step number one of a five-step framework. So know yeah. what you want and why. What, what else? Yeah, what else can you tell us? Yeah, about? If, mm-hmm. if you don't want to, if you don't know what you want to accomplish, think about any kind of. I believe we all have, and we believe we all have untapped potential. I, I don't believe I'm use, utilizing all my potential. We know the the brain is more quantum now than mechanical based on technology and fMRI technology that we can study the brain live, we're only using a small part of it, and and we can really tap into that. But if you don't have a, a compelling reason or you're as a leader or a salesperson, if you're trying to inspire action, if you don't have a compelling reason, it's going to be very hard to convince others or yourself to make that change. So, So that's step one. The second step is really about understanding, it, you know, there's there's always a story being told. We we live our lives and we remember our lives in story. I mean, think about your childhood. Do you remember the, f- the facts or do you remember the feelings of of your yeah. childhood? And you know, we, we think in stories. We tell those stories around the kitchen table at holidays and we repeat them. Those are locked into our brains, and those stories influence our actions, whether that's organizationally or individually. So. As a leader, as a person going out to try to work with a customer, you you, you need to understand the story that is being told um, and the story they're telling themselves. If you don't understand that, if you don't gather that first, again, it's going to be very hard to shift and help them see the innovation that you have to offer or help help your organization and your people to want to take action. So, So that's step two. Step three is really then about shifting that story, developing a story that emp- empowers and ignites people's passion to take action so you know why why are we doing this what are we currently telling ourselves and what's the change that we need to make or the nudge that we need to make so if i can tell a story about why this is a a different vision versus just telling people what to do we know that people step into that story and they they're more inclined to act it's kind of like the first story and and number two is is to create an understanding of where we are and then is the third story the sh- when you're shifting the story in step three why we're going where we are differently or, or where we're headed? Exactly. Yeah, we're working with a large technology company, and they're making a huge shift in how they deliver technology to the organizations. And so, if you're their customer and you've invested a lot of money in the current landscape, 
why do I want to make a shift to a huge innovation? So I better understand, you know, A, you know, what's going on with them, what story that's going on in the organization, and then B, what's next, and why do I even want to go there? Why do I want to make another huge investment? And if you don't have a compelling story about why this innovation can change the business outcomes and drive what they need rather than this is just a better technology, I, it's, not, it's not very compelling. You know, that's a what instead of a why. So story, that yeah. story, mm-hmm. that story helps paint the picture of what's possible and helps people see what they can't see. If you don't understand the story being told, you'll miss the mark if you, by developing that story because you might tell them the wrong story, you know, if you don't first gather and really, and really dig into that. Great point. Okay, what's number four? Yeah, number four is, you know, tell it often. You know, I, I think – uh, we expect when we communicate something that one time's enough. And uh, you know, my background, I, I started my career early as a as a in home family therapist at the age of twenty two and I, I learned, you know, my parents would say to me, I've tried everything. I've tried this or that and I you know, I was fortunately I was trained well and they said, you know, you try something until it works, not just once. And I think, you know, when we we communicate as leaders, as salespeople we think once is enough. And in fact, you know, people need to hear it often to believe. And so it's about telling those story, that story that inspires others to act and doing it repeatedly. I, I had worked with an organization a few years ago where I was a consultant and I worked with from board down to, you know, individual contributors. And the, C, the CEO and the senior team, I was involved in those meetings where they had, you know, all the initiative discussions and all the things they were rolling out. And, you know, they talked about a 20 30 times as a group, and then they'd roll it out to the organization. And when I stopped being in those meetings, I realized even more profoundly that the people that weren't in those meetings were hearing it once or twice. The the senior management team was sick of it because they had talked about 20 or 30 times, but not everybody hears it that often. And the more often you hear it, the more you get your arms around it. Makes sense. Makes sense. So you got to tell it enough times. Well, tell it one more time. Tell it one more time, right? Give it, give it as telling. often mm-hmm. as necessary, yes, and enough to inspire others to act. You know, so Lincoln was a great storyteller. You know, many military people, I mean, think about those, you know, even even the ones that don't use it for good. The, the better the story, the more, the more buy-in that people get, and that's how you, how you move people to action. And then, you know, the last step is, and I, again, I, I don't think we, this is the slow down to speed up part. I don't think sometimes we take enough time to evaluate progress or celebrate success in order to continue to nudge and adapt. And so it's about hitting that pause button and realizing, you know, how are we doing? I mean, we had this in our own business. We we made some efforts with, a, you know, marketing and, and, you know, and we thought things were moving. They weren't moving fast enough, and my business partner and I, we're going back and forth with our frustration, and then we kind of went, whoa, we, you know, we, sh- we should have hit the pause button sooner and really evaluated our own success or failure and how we were doing. And the sooner and more often you do that, the more you're able to adjust. And, again, we're running at speed. The world's going fast. And the idea of stopping to do that I think is hard for people to, to, to think that that's a good idea or it's worth that time, but it really is worth that investment. So there you have it. I mean, five five um, steps in the framework of the art of the nudge. Know what you want and why. Understand and be able to tell a story about where you are and a, another story about where you're headed. Tell it often and then evaluate and celebrate and probably a lather, rinse, repeat. 
That's right. <laughs> right. I mean, you start over yes. again because once you're through the cycle, now you're starting over again and constantly upgrading and updating. Yeah, and you you know you need to know what those goals and those priorities are uh, in your business and your personal life. It can apply to either. And when you do, then what we try to help with is how how can you, how can you define the nudges that'll get you there? So I talked about that technology company that's going out, and we've helped them build a story about why this innovation can change uh, businesses and how it first changed their own business, and now they can help it change the businesses of their customers. And so an example of a nudge is, you know, when we train the salespeople, they first need to learn, you know, how to do it, which is what we do in our workshops, and then part of the required activities that we're doing with them in between the work we do is saying, hey, go out and gather the cust- your customer's story. And there's, you know, four parts to a story, a beginning, the struggle, the tipping point, and the ending or the new beginning. Get that story, put it in your CRM, and when you have all the story, you'll know then what story you need to develop because you'll have their why, you'll know what story they're telling themselves, and then you can develop a new story to help them shift into that innovation. Really great. Great talking with you again, Christine. And again, you have a book, The Art of the Nudge, Unlocking Your Hidden Potential. You can find that at www.theartofthenudge.com. And you do workshops for leaders in sales and marketing and customer service professionals, executive coaching and sales process development, and you can help people with disc and personality profiles. You can do so much for people. How do our listeners get in touch with you best? Well, they can certainly check out our website at cisquared.net. They can contact me at uh, cmiles at cisquared.net and or by phone at 484-252-1593. So we'd welcome any, anybody that's interested in seeing how they can unlock their potential of themselves or their organization. It's always fun and fascinating to have you on, and I hope we'll get a chance to talk again very soon and maybe go deeper into some of these individual issues because, you know, we've just scratched the surface on this, and it's really great, great information. And, again, um, listeners, The Art of the Nudge, a great book. You should all get it, and uh, a great, great thing to give someone that you care about or that you're thinking about to help them understand what's going on in all this change in our world. Christine, thanks very much for joining us again. Thank you, Bill. I appreciate it. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back right after this, so please stay tuned. Business owners, if you came back from lunch and there was a resignation letter on your desk, which employee would you really, really not want it to be from? What are you doing to prevent this from happening? At Exit and Retirement Strategies, we design plans that attract, motivate, and retain key employees. For a free consultation, call Bill Black, the Exit Coach, at 866-370-3774. Call today. Does thinking about what will happen to your business if you're gone keep you awake at night? Will you get the price you need from your business to carry you through retirement? The BEI Network of Exit Planning Professionals is the world's leading advisor network with the power to help business owners transition out of business on their own timeline and terms. Ask your most trusted advisor to create a BEI plan for you or visit us at ExitPlanning.com. That's ExitPlanning.com. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 